Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, where every single day if it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, it's a big deal to us. Unless and, one uh, of us gets tired and we get and let, yeah. without, without recording the, the podcast episode. Yes, yes. My name is Jay Kyle Mann, and the voice uh, that you just heard is Kyle Tucker. Uh, and Kyle Tucker, I texted you, if we go back in the thread, I texted you, it was like, 10 30 11 11 th- i don't even remember when and when i started texting you but you just stopped responding i was like well i was like if he answers at midnight screw him i'm not recording <laughs> i was just like i'm not no, doing this i was long i was long asleep i got i drove uh my wife flew to kansas city to uh meet with a specialist for her health stuff uh yesterday early in the morning and then i Drove the kids from Lexington to Nashville to drop them off at their grandparents, and then drove uh, worked on worked on a story that published today on Nate Sestina's family um, for like a couple hours, and then drove from Nashville to Birmingham. And by the time I got settled into my hotel, like I laid down on the bed with my shoes and all my clothes on, and woke up this morning <laughs> <laughs> still in all my clothes and shoes. So I passed out. But. So are you in like in a garage? Are people like working on cars behind you? It sounds like I keep hearing voices in like oh, an no, echoing tavern. Uh, yeah, I'm in like a big uh, like foyer to this fancy hotel in Birmingham, Alabama. They, they oh. they're breaking down the the room where they had media SEC basketball media day today, which is what we're going to talk about. But uh, so I'm out in their kind of lobby area, and it's filled with tile and tall oh. ceilings and. There's hotel workers zipping by me, so sorry for the the background noise, but reflective yeah, sound, yeah, lot, yeah, yeah. Lots well, to talk about. I mean, all, before you get going, though, man. I mean, your 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 wife got good news. You do, touch on that just real quick here. You got to. Yeah, she's uh, pregnant with quintuplets. No, she. Hey. She, no, she. Uh, we've been on a long journey for exactly a year, actually, since she went to the ER for the first time. I think. Um, a year to the day, which is kind of crazy. Um, of, with all these medical issues that became sort of this complex mystery that we were trying to untangle. And we've been to hospitals in, we went to Emory in Georgia. We've been to hospitals in Nashville, in Lexington, uh, the Cleveland Clinic, talking to a specialist in Wisconsin. Uh, and she finally found a guy that specializes in her sort of issues in Kansas City. And she flew out there today. And she's already had several surgeries, and we've been trying to figure out what she needs to fix this last thing. Uh, and he said, "I think I can fix you, and I think it's relatively simple compared to what some people have told you." And you know, let's do surgery Friday, and you're going to be better. Uh, so that's really exciting. Yeah, that's really good news. So you've you've had quite a quite a couple of days here, but yeah, like you were saying, you're at me- media days, SEC basketball media days. Give us the lay of the land down there. What's uh, what, what can you tell us about what you've seen? Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Several things were really interesting. I mean, from a Kentucky perspective, uh, you know, Cal Perry didn't say anything really new. Um, he kind of gave a lot of his standard sh- spiel. Uh, but, I, you know, the, the thing that came out of it, I guess, is sort of newsy or interesting was that uh, Ashton Hagens has declared uh, next month uh, No Smile November. Uh, basically because we kind of, we kind of know, I wrote a, I wrote a thing going into the NCAA tournament in the spring 
that was sort of how Kentucky recovered from getting the hell beat out of it against Duke, and it had a lot of anonymous sources within the program just talking about the days leading up to that Duke game. And one of the things that I lead that story with is is someone that was at practice that week realizing that Calipari was panicked, that he, he knew that he had not prepared them enough and that they weren't focused enough and basically that they were going to get drilled. Um, and then they did. Um, and, and everybody involved will kind of admit that they, like, for whatever reason, they just, like, were real. I guess probably, well, the reason is probably because they went to the Bahamas and drilled everybody, and they thought, like, we're 2015 Kentucky all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe got a little full of themselves. Uh, and they didn't have the veteran presence, a bunch of guys back like that 2015 team did to, like, keep them focused. It was a lot of young guys. And they 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 just kind of went hopping and skipping into that game, and Duke came out with sledgehammers and, and smashed them. And so, um, you know, Ashton Higgins said the coaches would say it sounded like we were uh, like at a concert in the locker room. They were just singing and goofing off. Um, and so they've decided that they're going to be really businesslike and really – serious, you know, and, and try not to go get the hell beat out of them. And another season opening game in, um, in the champions classic against the number one team in the country, Michigan state. So, um, yeah, it's kind of silly, no smile November, but it, I think the, the bigger takeaway is just that they, they recognize the guys who came back, recognize that they kind of screwed up last year and it took them probably took them a month and a half. I mean, you and I talked and I was writing and, about you know what's wrong with this team how did we get it so wrong about this team because it wasn't just like an immediate turnaround if you get that far behind the eight ball you you can't just flip a switch and fix it it took them you know they played some horrible games what unc greensboro is that what it was unc greensboro uh um, yeah that that was close but then they ended up winning remember but there but, but i mean played. there were just ugly yeah. games that they played early on where you know it really by not taking it serious enough in the month probably leading up to the season, it took them an additional month once the season started to like figure out how to, to get it together. And so um, I, I thought that was, was kind of notable from the Kentucky uh, perspective. I thought also somebody brought up a bunch of Calipari's stars, you know, star point, go- point guards to him. Uh, he listed them all off, John Wall, not all of them. But, you know, the other thing was that Calipari, somebody brought up to Calipari – all his, you know, many of his previous point guards and named John Wall, De'Aaron Fox, Tyler Eulis, and I think Shea Gilgis Alexander, four of them, um, and said, you know, where does Ashton Hagen's rate in that group? And Cal said, well, he's a better defender than all of them. So huh. I thought that was, you know, I thought that's that was funny. Yeah, you know, interesting. I mean, that's probably right, right? I mean, yeah, I was we, just thinking somebody else said that at some point last yeah, year. You, uh, you and I, <laughs> the two of us. Um, no, actually, I think it was Rex Chapman. Yeah, that's, uh, that's right. <laughs> Rex uh, likes to take credit for discovering Ashton Hagen. He didn't know he said it, so two, he obviously two, two months after the fact. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that was interesting. And then also, he said, you know, those other guys—they were not really pick and roll guys, but Ashton's really good at that, and he sees it, um, and he's good at it, and we're doing a lot of it. So I thought that was interesting. Um, he said that Ashton's now hitting. 63s in their five-minute shooting drill. Uh, and Ashton told me, I asked him what his his high was. And I think today he said he he, he has maxed out at like 68 threes mm-hmm. in the five-minute shooting drill. And he said a year ago he was getting about 38 or 40 huh. uh, 
in a five minute shooting drill. So that, I mean, you know, how many shots do they get up though? And do they keep the numbers? Like they, it's just how many, how many can you get off in five, in five minutes, you know, take and make, um, and 60 is a very good number like that. You know, they've had some, some dead eye guys with quick releases who could get, you know, in the seventies, but like if you're heroes in the seventies, wasn't he? I believe so. Yeah. Like crazy number, like 75 or something. But if you're hitting 60, 65, you know, you're a competent shooter. And that was Cal Perry's other point was like, if he can do that, that means he can do it. Like he can shoot it. He needs to approach it with that level of confidence in the game. Because as much as anything, what I've gathered from talking to folks around the program, what they're battling with him is just to believe in the shot, you know, and to not hesitate at all and to, you know, to take it confidently. So, um I would say Kentucky-wise, those are some of the things that stood out to me from today. Well, cool, cool. Um, let's, uh, I, that's a good stopping point, I think. Let's go ahead and just take an early break, and then we'll come back and talk about some of the interesting questions that you asked, uh, some of the, mainly the play, well, you, I guess everybody. We'll just uh, touch on some of that uh, right after this. So you said you talked about, like, uh, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, you said something about asking the players who was the toughest cover in the league. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, so I'll have a, by the time people listen to this, hopefully on uh, Thursday morning, it'll be published at The Athletic, a a player poll. I talked to all, every team, all 14 teams brought two guys, so it was 28 total players, and I talked to all 28 of them. It was about nine hours of tedious interviews. (laughs) <laughs> it was not my favorite thing to do, but I, I thought it would be maybe informative. Um, and I asked four questions to all of them. Who's the hardest guy in the league to guard? Who's the hardest guy in the league to score on? Uh, what coach other than your own would you have liked to play for in the SEC? Um, and what is the best uh, slash toughest arena in the, in the league uh, to play in? And uh, we can kind of go through those. The hardest to guard was like the mo- the least conclusive because there oh, were a really? whole there there were a whole bunch of just like I don't know I don't know I can't I don't can't think of anybody. Probably didn't um, want to give maybe a little bit of withholding respect a little bit. Or yeah, and so I think I think some of that too. Like I think it's just like guys don't want to be like I can't check him because there were a bunch of guys that were like when I said like who's the hardest to score on a lot of people were like nobody I score on everybody and I'm like oh. it's like okay guys. Um, it, like these are the kinds of things that like NBA players are way better at, you know, like pros because they, they can actually like, they understand what you're doing and they're just like, Oh, you want me to cast my vote in a poll? Here it is. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the winner of that ended up being Brian Tyree by one vote over Blackshear, which no, who nobody even knows, you know, really. Um, but uh, Tyrese Which of really, those guys pl- has played against Blackshear? I think it's just all from observation, you know, Nick like a, has. assumption. Yeah, that's true. Um, but um, well, Nick wasn't even here though. Yeah, he Nick was Richards. when they. Yeah, they played Virginia Tech at home in 2017. Yeah, but Nick Richards was not here at SEC Media Day. It was EJ and Ashton. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. But, you know, Brian Tyree ended up winning, and I think he's probably the right guy. Um, to me, it would be him or, like, Isaiah Joe, probably, of the guys that anybody has any clue about. That's true. Um, so he won. Um, you know, Kermit Davis, I thought it was interesting. He said, you know, people don't shoot it anymore, but uh, Tyree is – Brian Tyree, who plays for him at Ole Miss, is, pro- quote, probably the best mid-range jump shooter in college basketball. 
Um, mm. So that was that was interesting. Um, I mean, he's and, a and shot I, creator. Like he can get a shot off the dribble pretty well. Yeah, as he's a well he's as anybody a, in the league. Yeah. yeah, he can score from all three levels. Shoots the three really well. I think you know over forty percent, and I think he was like fifth in the league in total makes last year. Pretty Average fast. 18, 18 points a game. Quick. Yeah, he's he's a really fun player. Um, and Ole, that's Ole Miss going to be an interesting team this year. Um, they have a really good backcourt. Um, yeah, they returned their other dude who was here, and now I've just completely blanked on his name. Um, uh, well, anyway. yeah, I mean, they were one of the surprise teams last year. Like, they were one of the one of the just sneaky league teams that ended up uh, they ended up coming regressing back to the mean a little bit. But uh, yeah, had a, had a pretty good year. I mean, yeah, and they signed like I think the number one junior college big man. Um, you know, they've added some pretty good players, a couple good recruits. They have this, uh, you know, one of the best backcourts in the league. They'll be, they'll be a lot of fun. Um, you won't, nobody will be surprised by it. We already kind of alluded to this in the first segment. Uh, hardest in the league to score on. Uh, Ashton Hagen's got nine votes, uh, and nobody else got more than one vote. And there are a bunch of abstains, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, he ran away with that by, by a mile. And I thought the most interesting of all the comments was um, Reggie Perry at Mississippi State, who's a 6'10", 250-pound power forward. Said, He's going to be a good player. Yeah, Really a good player. He could have gone to the NBA, decided to come back, former McDonald's All-American. He said of Ashton Hagens, I shook his hands earlier, and he has big hands. That definitely <laughs> surprised me. I was like, no wonder he gets so many steals. Fast hands, big hands, a lot of steals. Uh, so that was interesting, uh, but other guys not wrong, yeah, yeah. But other guys talking, it's kind of talking about uh, Hagen's. It was, you know, it's not just that. It's a lot of it is like they said his sort of his feel for things and him seeing things happen before they happen and jumping into passing lanes. A lot, a lot of praise. Were you thinking uh, of Devonte Schuler as the other guy? Yes, he, okay. he he was here as well, and he's All a right. he's a really good player. Yeah. Um, so that that's I mean between Schuler and Brian Ty, uh, Tyree that is a um, I would say probably other than Kentucky maybe the best backcourt in the league. Florida's um, is pretty good. I would say oh, N- yeah, Nimhard yeah. and uh, Lewis yeah, is pretty yeah, damn no, I'm good. I'm crazy. Plus Trey Mann, the McDonald's. Oh, Trey, duh, yeah, Trey Mann. Yeah. Uh, that's a <laughs> it's a that's a really your cousin, name, your cousin Trey. And yeah. uh, I think Georgia automatically kind of gets a. I mean, Anthony Edwards is a is a big ball handler, but. But he is a ball handler, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. But but the but and then the last two questions is where it got really kind of interesting. Coach you'd most like to play for. You you'd think John Calipari probably runs away with that, right? Um he he won by one. Can I guess? Vote. Oh, I yeah. was gonna guess who else got votes. He, well, I won't tell you. I'll just say he Calipari won by one vote. And I'll let you guess over whom. Bruce Pearl. Nope. No? Nope. Rick uh Rick Barnes? Nope. Rick Barnes got one vote. Tom Crean, I don't know. Nope. Frank Martin. Oh, whoa, really? Yeah, right. Like very so, surprising. So this is what Brian Tyree said when I asked him. He said, "This will <laughs> almost quoting you word for word." He goes, "This will probably sound like wow, but Frank Martin." <laughs> and he said, "I actually like the type of coach. That type of coaching. Uh, I, I, I don't shy away from that." Um, he said he see, he's known him for four years, and every time he sees him, he tells him stuff about his game and gives him advice. Um, 
Anthony McElmore at Auburn said he got hurt in their game, and Martin came over and was the first guy to put his hand on him. He said, I'll always remember that for the rest of my life. A lot of huh. different guys just said, like, I like to be coached hard. Um, it's funny, so. man, how I feel like we're in a culture now where people like to, I don't know, like the, the Izzo thing was really funny about. Yeah, is he like about, abusing his players because yeah, he was yelling at one of them or man. swatted? he swatted at one of them? Yeah, man. I, the people that came out were just going crazy about that. I was like, come on, seriously. And then you'll hear players say stuff like that. It's like management style calls for different, you know, different, a different touch with, you know, some people are motivated in different ways and the best coaches know how to do that. Like, uh, and, and so. everything is a little bit cyclical and like, you know, it used to be really hardcore. The coaches could be really hardcore. I mean, the stories about bear Bryant, you know, he would just, I mean, literally abuse players yeah. and then you swing back the other way and it goes, so maybe, you know, dodgeball, you can't play dodgeball in school and, everybody gets a trophy type thing. And, and I think maybe it, is, it is or it will swing back because then you get all these young players who nobody has ever done anything but be nice to them and they crave, you know, a lot, I think a lot of young people crave structure and discipline and they want to be. Uh, and that's what it is also as, as much as people like look at Cal and think of him as a player's coach. Um, it's one of the reasons that people love him and Kenny Payne because they – sort of lovingly discipline them, you know, and they push them. They, they're able to like say to Anthony Davis, like get it together or, or we're going to, you know, murder you basically. <laughs> um, so that was, I thought that was really interesting that uh, Cal did not even close to run away. And also that it was Frank Martin of all people who pushed him. And then the last, the last category was the big upset uh, best arena. It was not, it was not Rupp Arena. Do you want to guess who, which arena won? I knew it wouldn't be Rupp. I mean, okay. I, I, well, it Rupp is historic and and like uh, it's cool and there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, you know just lore in that place. But it's I always say Kentucky. I hope people don't take this the wrong way, but but Rupp Arena is just like a, a stuffy. A stuffy museum. church. It's like yeah. uh, it's like people are like, turn that music down. You know, it's like that kind of. <laughs> yeah. And football games are way more fun. They have been for a long time because Kentucky football fans aren't spoiled. If Kentucky's not up by thirty, right. Kentucky Kentucky fans don't get motivated unless they're playing another blue bro, blue blood program, or you know, or there's some kind of like threat to them. Like right. if it's a team that they should beat. You know they they're gonna sit and be quiet unless Kentucky is just rolling. So it's it's a spoiled crowd. They don't just cheer for no reason. So who do but, you think? What what arena do you think won the poll by one vote over Rupp? Oh gosh, is it gonna surprise me? Uh, probably not. Shouldn't. Oh gosh, is it uh, Thompson Bowling? Yes, okay. by one vote, and then uh, Rupp finished one vote ahead of uh, Bud Walton Arena at Arkansas. But well, it's uh, tough, which is man. when when they're good and it's a big game, especially when Kentucky's there. Like yeah, that place is bonkers. Yeah, that's um, true. And that was interesting. One of the interesting votes cast uh, was uh, Skylar Mays from LSU uh, talking about Arkansas. So it is so loud in there. Probably the only gym where I can get, get kind of out of being locked into the game. And I don't want to say get rattled, but but be like it's really loud in here. And somebody said, well, haven't you been to Rupp Arena? And he said, yes. I don't even think it's a debate, honestly. Arkansas is just louder. 
It's um, true, man. They, so, they, they hate Kentucky, Arkansas fans. Yeah. Oh my goodness, man! Yeah. I haven't there seen was just vitriol, a, there was, you like, know, Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of love for for Thompson Bowling Arena, though. I mean, it just, uh, um, and I agree. Like every time I've been in there, and I, like I, I was telling my boss, like I'm a little bit skewed because I'm covering Kentucky everywhere I go in the league, and so every time, like it's everybody's best crowd. Yeah. Um, and, but Tennessee is just always like Thunderdome uh, yeah. in there. And, and like the other thing is like, it's funny. I almost, almost a direct quote of what you were saying. What I wrote in the piece is like UK fans make big noise for big games and rep arena oozes with tradition, but Thompson bowling arena is frankly a nicer facility and more consistently rowdy. I mean, it's like the arena is nicer uh, than rep. Right. Arena. It's like an NBA arena. They have luxury suites and, um, you know, it's just a, it's a really nice place and they, they get crazy in there. So, yeah, um, yeah so that was uh, the, the first of a couple things I'll have out of, out of, uh, SEC media days at the athletic, but, um, I, I don't think any of it was like crazy surprising, but a little bit, a little bit surprising. It's always interesting to hear the, hear from the players themselves. You know, we, we, among the media poll all the time, <laughs> Our, ourselves on topics uh, but uh, it's interesting to hear from the the actors themselves yeah yeah well stay tuned for that folks and uh subscribe to the athletic and check out what kyle uh has coming it's funny you use the word skew because that could be relevant to kentucky's interested interests here i guess that's a segue we'll we'll just say that it is uh we're going to take a break and then we're going to talk a little bit about some recruiting whoop Cruitin'. whoop recruiting So Kentucky, uh, Devin, Devin asked you, I've had, I've had a friend who kept saying it askew. I was like, I don't think that's how you say it, but, uh, isn't it ask you or is it askew? Do you know? Uh, it's ask you. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, uh, I was like, I was just confused by your question. Like you, wait, you think his name is like the, the I don't think it is. I was just saying one of my friends said it and I was like. I don't think it's a skew. I don't see why it would. That'd be a really weird, arbitrary way to say it. But it's like, uh, it'd be like something. Uh, I feel like that'd be like something on. Uh, uh, crap! I just. Oh, or you just keep it. correcting people. No, this no the sitcom. The sitcom uh, with Jason Bateman. Oh, Arrested Development. Yeah, that's in, like something yeah. from from that show. You remember when, when. Uh, uh, once his butt had the business cards made and he was going to be um, an, an analyst uh, slash therapist. Oh, an anal, re- yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and he said it was analropist. Yeah. God. <laughs> so, so stupid. You never anyway. sound older than when you were just like, Jason Bateman, the sitcom. The sitcom, the sitcom, with, Jason. The sitcom with Jason Bateman and old what's his butt. Oh my um, God! So uh, you've already said I had old man shoes from a. a it's true. Yeah. It's true. We're uh, uh, uncalled for roasting there, but so uh, there's there's a there's a guard that's that's been connected to Kentucky for a little bit here that we've talked about on this show, and he is committing on uh, tomorrow. Am I wait? Did I have that date right? Yeah. There's, well, as people are listening today, Thursday. Um, 
Yeah. We're recording yeah. this on Wednesday night. Thursday, it was a really weird set of circumstances. Like it was reported that he was going to commit on Thursday, and then Askew, I think, told Larry Vaught or something, somebody. Larry Vaught uh, of the damn boy. That, that he that wasn't true because I guess his high school coach had said he's going to commit Thursday, and Askew was like, "Nope, if it didn't come out of my mouth, it's not true." And then like. An hour later, Evan Daniels tweeted, Evan Askew's dad has told me he's committing on Thursday. Uh, oh, geez. So I don't know what the deal is. It seems like, I, I gather, there may be a bit of a power struggle between the a very old school high school coach uh, and his five-star recruit. Um, you know, I think it's part of the reason we're seeing a delay in, in him saying he's going to go to 2020. I think that's going to happen, but wait, wait. What's the power struggle? Just when he's going to announce? What yeah, the, what's the I, high I, school I, coach? I, I don't know. I think he's. I think it seems like there might be some flexing going on uh, from from the like. I think what? the guy, his high school coach, has like been at this powerhouse modern day for. 30, 40 years and oh, yeah. probably Dude. wants to be sort of in control of the situation. I, I'm just, I'm totally speculating, so, sort of speculating. There, Sorry, because uh, you ain't, you ain't in control of this. Uh, yeah. I mean, and so anyway, he's, he is announcing, I guess, uh, Thursday as people listen to this today and it's going to be Kentucky. It's, I mean, it would be a huge, huge shocker if it's not Kentucky. And people were tweeting at me, well, it's no conflict with Cade Cunningham because he's going to stay in 2021. I don't think that's the case either. I think he's going to move to 2020. Uh, uh, there's really no reason to announce it right now if he's not. Yeah. Uh, you know, like this is partially to get start getting more guys on board with Kentucky. Um, he and Cade Cunningham are totally fine playing together. I think Kentucky's still in pole position. Um Recently, but still in pole position to get Cade Cunningham as well. And, you know, when when this gets announced tomorrow, I think people can really start to dream about a super team at Kentucky next year because um, they have started to put it together. And I, you know, I'm not beating my own drum here. I guess I am. But, like, we started talking about this months ago that I thought this could be Calipari's best class in five years. Yeah, um, and it's going to be. I mean, it, at this point, it is going to be. It's just whether you know we may be getting into the territory of like, is this going to be the best class he's ever signed? Yeah, yeah. Or any I'm, or anyone has ever signed. I'm not sure you could, you could top wow. Zion, Zion, RJ, and Cam in one class at Duke, but um, yeah, that's just, pretty this good. Could, but if they get Cade Cunningham, Devin Askew, Terrence Clark, and the guys they have, BJ Boston, and potentially you know somebody like a Jonathan Kaminga. Or uh, uh, Brown, Greg Brown, you know, all top ten players. Then you then you start talking about like how good is this in the context of history? But uh, first first domino in the in the in the mega domino sweepstakes uh, probably drops tomorrow today. Uh, yeah, and I like him. I mean, I think you've said this. You've looked at him. I I, I really like him for this group. Uh, if you're gonna have kind of a super team. I think Askew is a really good point guard for that and, and for what Calipari wants to do with his, with his teams. Yeah, totally. I mean, and uh, it, as excited as everybody's gotten, I mean, there's no guarantee that Cunningham is coming, but uh, uh, they, they definitely can play together because I'm not, I don't know. If, I don't know if Cunningham can guard once at the college level. Like, you know, I don't see, I don't see Cunningham guarding a Bree and Tyree. Uh, no, yeah, he's no, a little big I, I, and maybe I don't want to say slow-footed, but comparatively, no. comparatively he's, slow-footed. 
Yeah, I think he might have a little bit of an adjustment period coming uh, in terms of garden ball handlers in space. Like he's definitely more of a. Uh, and, and like I said, they, they could cross switch on D sort of the way I, I think he can guard bigger guards and Askew is a guy that can pressure the ball. And Clark, as we know, is a pretty good athlete. He needs to improve as, as a on ball defender, defender period. But I think they all fit together. You got sort of a slasher whirling kind of a score first guard in Clark and a guy who likes to manipulate gravity and hit you know, make kind of cross reads and cross court passes to shooters and Cunningham. And then a guy who can slash and shoot and do it all. And, uh, and then Brandon Boston, you got to kind of start wondering what, uh, quickly is going to do. I mean, they're going to have like eight wings. I'm starting to really believe yeah. Cal has adjusted like, geez. You, oh, you, yeah. You think he's, uh, he's actually decided to play, play that modern basketball we've talked a lot about. Uh, I mean, it, it, it seems like he's recruiting that way. And, and remember not a single true big man yet <laughs> like yeah, that's the crazy thing like not a one not a single true like straight up like post player you know lance Ware is kind of a rangy forward stretchy forward you know they don't they don't have a single you know uh, traditional big man committed and they're you know there's not really a bunch that are out there <laughs> that they're even talking about so um no yeah it I, didn't I, seem like it I think however it shakes out, whatever the specific pieces are, they're going to have this really fun makeup to play a different style of basketball than we've seen Kentucky do much of. And and I think that's all going to begin this year out of necessity because they also just kind of ended up without many true big men. Yeah, and I don't think that it's absolutely necessary that you have like a traditional post-up guy. I mean, like... What the heck? Is there like a caterer spiking the, the food containers <laughs> the food, behind you? The food, the food cart just just uh, ran me over. I, think. I was gonna say was somebody <laughs> dragging sheet metal behind you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like Virginia, six point three percent of their offense was post ups last year. Uh, so you know, there's not this this era that we're in is not necessarily the, the back to the basket era anymore. Um, yeah, but Virginia can't even get out of the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, oh, that's wait. true. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait. Uh, so, anyway, I think that's about all the time we have for today. Like Kyle was saying, go check out uh, his stuff coming uh, coming up about SEC Media Day. And stay tuned for Devin Askew's announcement. And subscribe to the Ringers YouTube channel for me. I got something about De'Aaron Fox coming very whoop. soon. Yeah. And uh, I guess that's it. Follow me on Twitter at jkyleman. Follow Kyle at kyletucker underscore A-T-H. And we will see you manana. Bye. You are Locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.